Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We lose every week. We lose every week. You're nothing special. We lose every week. We lose every week. We lose every week. Lions with it, second and goal from the eight, down six, but on the move. Chris, working from the gun, looks out to the right, now checks out that Viking defense. Takes the snap, back to pass, looks right, got Chase in the end zone, touchdown Detroit Lions! That's it, packs the bag, starts the plane, this game is over! How big is that? And now it's time to start the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The Detroit Lions podcast post-game show with your hosts, Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. It is the live post-game show, episode 180. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me... Our two fellas, um, I think one of them you wouldn't know if it wasn't for the title under his name. We got Mike the Ambling Bastard checking in from the UK. How you doing, Mike? Uh, no, I'm all right, Chris. Regretting my choice of fandom, perhaps. But other than that, I can't grumble. <laughs> and the unknown comic up there in the top right. <laughs> you doing the same, man? You know, if we have another loss like this this year, I think I'm going to switch over to a plastic bag. <laughs> That may be a, a a good move. Um, okay, today's show we're going to talk about what happened. Um, I think there's some things that people saw that maybe they're reacting to in the wrong way, but there's a lot of things to react to negatively. So uh, we'll we'll break it down. We have a couple things that just in our little warm up we we disagreed on. So that'll be some good discussion. We'll take your phone calls. Uh, have a good roundtable discussion and a whole lot more. Sandman, you ready to go, bud? I'm ready. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, a couple of quick announcements first. Check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from... Guam! That's right. Of course, our very first donor, Mathis and Brian B. from I Prevail. Help us out on Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. And uh, as little as a dollar a month on the donation line will get you into our Slack chat, which is intelligent yet informative and, and sometimes negative. Like today, we had a little bit of, uh, but it was good negative. It wasn't the bad negative. It wasn't the cancer stuff. So we have a Slack that's available from uh, it's our writers. It's, it's me. It's Case. Um, we got to get you guys in there, too. 
you're in there, Mike. I gotta get Andy. I gotta get you into this lecture. I forgot. I gotta get you out there. We'll have you going here soon. And then all of our Patreon donors. And then also we started doing pre-show videos. Started this last week with uh, Case and I putting some stuff together, just showing you some behind-the-scenes stuff. It's the it's known as the pre-show show. So uh, Patreon.com/slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Anything you can donate from a dollar on up gets you access to all that great stuff, and it's a great way to help the show. Also, give us a like on Facebook. Facebook.com/slash The Detroit Lions Podcast. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions Podcast and on the Twitter machine at DET Lions Podcast. DET Lions Podcast, the very best place to see all the boys with no pants on. With no pants on or plastic bag <laughs> or paper bag. Uh, no pants but the top. And with a toaster in the uh, in the bathroom. <laughs> but we'll talk about that. Um, subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're watching us now, you can just hit the subscribe button. Make sure you hit the bell. We've got a lot of different stuff going with the new Quick Takes show, the pre-show show for our Patreon people, some other stuff. You'll be notified when we go live. And uh, you can join us for all of the fun. Also, rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play with those five-star ratings. We love those. Uh, give us the feedback in the subreddit if you have some uh, things you'd like to see us improve. But those five-star ratings are important. And if you're a Spotifyer, we're, we're there now, too, for you. So check it out. All right, let's do this. Let's talk about what happened today. This is no time for a quick release. We're going deep. All right, here we are. We're going deep. As deep as we got. Uh, Mike, let's uh, let's start with you. Why don't you uh, give us your thoughts on, on what you saw in the game out there today? Uh, I'm going to lead with 10 sacks. <laughs> Always lead with your sack, right? I don't usually lead with 10 of them simultaneously. It's my personal style. But, it's know. an army of sacks. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's quite a horrifying thought, really. But moving swiftly on. I wonder what no, your flag would look like. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Feel free, anyone who wants to sort of tweet me a design for that. That would be cool. <laughs> I like how we've started as we mean to go on by trying to avoid talking about the actual football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that to me, um, 10 sacks. Uh, yeah, that, that. So usually I would like to sort of try and look at who, who you could really pin that down to, but you can pin it down to the O-line. That you, you, that you can't narrow it down, in my view, from what I saw today. There was just an absolute debacle from 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 one side to the other. Add to that, uh, Lang appears to be concussed again, which could be very bad for his long-term future as a pro player. He's just got to start. Um, he he has, yeah. I said this last time around that in a way I kind of hoped that he took a break mm. um, and, and reevaluated his position as a pro player. If he is indeed concussed again, You've got to draw a line somewhere, dude, and I think I think it's time. Yeah. As much as it pains me to say that, don't get me wrong. Um, there were, I think I could put two, maybe three of those sacks down on Stafford personally as, as an individual for not getting rid of the ball. The rest of them was down to the O line, and like I say, you, you couldn't pin that down to anyone individually. The first five <laughs> of them, every one of them was a pump, and then he got sacked, and it was like, yeah. wow. Um, yeah, either release the ball or, or to, the pump. The pump. It's not a pump fake because it's not faking anybody. Just no. just get rid of that ball. The other thing, uh, Ed San Juan said in the chat here in the live chat, he had a great point. Um, they had more sacks than we had points. Oh yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, quite, a, quite a tragic yeah. one. Sorry. I can't wait for that to be on Fox's broadcast next week. Oh, they should uh, have a real like good graphic Bay, about that, right? The Tampa Bay graphic, yeah. yeah. God. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
It was not pretty on the offense off, uh, on the offensive side of the ball at all. Um, the, re- the receivers couldn't really give Stafford anything to work with. There was that horrendous flea flicker at the very end, which just I just I thought you know that's I'm just going to go and find more beer now. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. salmon, there, we got a, a good one from Joe B. At least Thielen didn't break CJ's record. But the other question, uh, this one comes from Hattori. He said, "I've never seen fat guys vanish into thin air faster than the O line today." Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe me last week. But other than that, because <laughs> we didn't do a show. But uh, what, what's your take here, man? What besides the uh, disappearing O line? What do, what do we got going on? You know, week in and week out, I'm constantly amazed at our ability to actually adjust. I feel like every win we've had this year, you could tell fairly early that we were going to be competitive and we were going to be in the game and games that we weren't competitive early uh, were going to turn out to be losses. Um, You know, there's a lot of ways to slow down a pass rush. You can do a, a proper screen game, which the Lions don't have. They attempted some screens today, but they were all garbage. Uh, you know, Blunt caught a screen eight yards behind the line of scrimmage. Carryon Johnson caught one seven yards behind the line of scrimmage uh, in traffic. Um, you know, it's almost like our playbook doesn't have stuff in it to prevent pass rush from really overtaking a game. And this has happened, you know, every time we've played the Vikings the past, uh, you know, four or five years, however long Cooter's been doing this. Yeah. Um, you know, they seem to get five to six sacks a game, uh, whether we win or lose. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter at that point when we're talking about O-line play or, you know, play design, but it's hard to watch our offensive line just be on skates all day and have an offensive coach not adjust for it in any way whatsoever. It's just really painful. Yeah. And um, <laughs> the the sad reality is that uh it looked like the only one out there trying so hard or trying hard was was Stafford and and he was getting punished for it i um we got to admit and we and this is why i think the last couple years of of viking games have been this way they've got a great defense they've got they an absolutely spectacular defense and um they held our offense to 9 points we've talked about it in the show throughout the year we need to score you know we're we're a team that has to outscore the opponents Right. Mm-hmm. Our defense isn't such that it's going to be able to print the defense today. I'd say kind of did their job. Um, it, it, they got an interception. They did. They did everything within the power of their talent, which includes, unfortunately, T's Tabor, who I thought was going to be one of the keys of the game today. And I think I think that held true. Um, I thought I'd see more of Kyle, Kyle Rudolph. I thought we'd get the tight end burn a little bit, but we didn't see as much of that. But um, it was it was. Ugly. It was ugly out there. Um, I just want to throw something up. Um, this came out of the Slack chat, and uh, I don't have that up to to credit the writer, so I apologize. But um, it's not even like the defense for Detroit fared that badly. And this is an interesting take. Uh, they held Minnesota's offense to 17 points. If you throw out Cook's one run, which the defense was is aligned like shit there, but we can know that later. He was averaging less than two yards a carry, and Cousins only had 164 total yards of passing. That it's really about our offense's implosion. And uh, you know what? If you can hold a, a rushing game to less than two yards and uh, 164 yards total passing for the other team, you get, you got to figure that you probably won that game. But you got that 70-yard run. You got the defensive. Let's talk about the Stafford improvisation, improvisational toss to, uh, <laughs> to carry on. 
Um, let's break it down a little bit. And I, I tweeted about this, and you guys can disagree. That's it's okay. That's why you're here. You can you can tell me I'm a fool. You'll be the first one. Um, like when I was saying that it felt like Stafford was the only one that was really trying out there today. I know that's not the case, but there was one. I mean, if you put yourself in Stafford's head, right? You've gotten sacked at that point. It was eight or nine times. Um, you, you've got an offensive line on roller skates. Um, you, you got nobody getting open. Right, you have uh, uh, receivers who have an inability to to get free. Again, it's a great defense. You're probably getting frustrated. So what do you do? Right, you're running outside. You see Carryon. Carryon's a great runner. He's a he's a great athlete. You, you improvise and toss him the ball. It, the ball hit him in the hands. Right, mm-hmm. and and as a football player, especially as a running back, you need to react very very quickly when you're running the ball. You got to find the hole. You got to get through the hole. You got to you know bounce off tackles, make people miss, all that kind of stuff. I would expect Carryon. To catch that ball. Now, I'm 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 not blaming Carrion for the situation, right? But if you put yourself in Stafford's head, he's doing anything he can at that point to win the game. Was it the best call? Well, no, it didn't work out well. Carrion could have held on to it. A lot of a lot of good could have come out of it um, beyond the the terrible that happened. So go ahead, tell me I'm an idiot that Stafford's too much of a competitor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, watching that play live. I think Stafford knew what we all knew. You know, I don't think it was a secret that the Lions had to do something and they had to do it quickly in order for this to be anything, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, They hadn't been moving the ball at all. You got to take the risks when you can take them. I think, you know, even Patricia kind of showed that with that horrible attempted flea flicker, trick play, the fake punt. You know, they knew that they had to do something spectacular, you know, to try to get get us moving. Uh, And to me... You know, carry on dropping that ball or Stafford throwing it a little high or even throwing the ball at all is similar to the fake punt in that we don't get that fake punt and they've got the ball at our 30. And at a minimum, that's three points for them because they have the most accurate kicker ever. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's it's you know, it's hard for me to fault Stafford in that situation. I mean, if we were down three with six minutes left, yeah, maybe I'd be more pissed off about it. But we were getting our asses handed to us. And at that point. You know, do whatever you think you need to do. I'm, you know, I'm not out there. I'm not going to complain about it. And they actually had audio. You know, those guys with those audio, the microphones, the parabolic cones where they can point it mm-hmm. and listen to the players. They got audio of uh, Stafford just before he threw the ball. He came in with a. So it's all good. And then there it was. He just tossed <laughs> the ball. And uh, well, there we went. Mike, you holding the ball or are you just putting your head down? Are you tossing the ball or are you putting your head down and running, fucking putting the defender on his ass? <laughs> to be, I, I, I think you've got to credit Stafford with an, an attempt to achieve something. That's what it comes down to. Uh, he's eight sacks at that point. He had an opportunity to get the ball out to gain something. It was it was the second in a sequence of gambles, wasn't it? So we had the fake punt quickly followed by that attempted little pass out to Johnson. He gambled and lost football it happens uh we weren't in a position where we were gonna you know it wasn't like the game sitting on an on a, on a knife edge yeah it was unfortunate the way that played out that it was returned for a td straight off but you know it's football i i it's i don't think we can hang the game on that by any stretch of the imagination so i certainly am not gonna put too much credence i agree with what you're saying that he's been put into a position of desperation chris that one i'm with you there definitely he's been he's taken absolute battering for the last couple of hours yeah um 
we know what a competitor he is and how desperately he will be wanting to at least get some points on the board via someone other than Prater. And, you know, just a quick nod to Prater again, absolutely faultless as always. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's... Um, can I... Can I, I, I got to re- react to something in the chat. Joe B came in with uh, the bears are going to eat us alive. And mm-hmm. you might think that because they're they're beating the Bills with two minutes left, forty-one to nine right now. But mm-hmm. if 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 you look at the box score, okay, it's all defense, okay. And think about who they're playing. They're playing the Bills, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so it, their offense is absolutely horrible. But you think about what's going on. Mitch Trubisky has only one hundred and thirty-three yards and an interception. The Bears are not gonna are not gonna beat this team. It'll be a good game. It, it very well could be because they've got a good run game, but they are not gonna do anything close to what they did to the the Bills. So don't let today's game give you an idea that the, the Bears are gonna beat that. <laughs> I, I I agree that they're probably not gonna do. They're not gonna blow us out. But by the same token, I, I I'm in a position with the current Lions team where I can't hand on heart say I can have any real faith in. In, in predicting the score one way or the other, because the, the consistency just is not there. Yeah, no, that's a great. I, I don't. I, I don't honestly, point. I couldn't put down on paper, uh, bookies, which way this one's going to go. Yeah, you almost have to work with an average, right? But even though you have two wide extremes of what team is going to show up on a particular Sunday, mm-hmm. if you go to the middle and you look at the the average team, I'm just telling you, the, or, or if you do the paper matchups, our defense matches up really well against the Bears other than that run game, and with snacks in there, I think we're set up pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. It's our offense against their defense. That's where it's all going to come about, and this is where um, you you look at Jim Bob Cooter, and there's a lot of Jim Bob Cooter hate going on in the chat right now. We can we mm-hmm. can talk about that. Um, let me throw the number out there really quick: two four eight seven eight two eight three eight four two four eight seven eight two eight three eight four. Give us a ring, and we'll pick you up on the uh, on the phone. You can also call us on Skype. It's Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word: Detroit Lions Podcast. So, um, as much as you like Cooter, Sandman. Um, the Lions Cooter might be rank. Is, is that where you're at? Or? <laughs> you know, I, I think coming into this year, and we've discussed this before, we weren't sure how much of our offense was Cooter, how much of it was Caldwell, because Caldwell was an offensive guy. I think we have a similar thing going on right now with uh, Paul Pascloni and Matt Patricia, who's actually doing what. Uh but I think at this point of the season, it's safe to say that the offense we had last year is the exact same one we have this year. Um, we have wide receivers that struggle to gain separation. Um, Stafford's ability to, you know, go between targets maybe isn't as fast as it needs to be at times. Uh, but we're seeing the same struggles over and over and over with no you know, signs of change. And to me, that's the most alarming thing about it is every once in a while, a team will have a bad offensive game or a team will have a really good defensive game plan against you. And there's just not a whole lot you can do about it. Um, But we've had too many of those. We had the saints last year where they sacked Stafford. I think it was eight times in that game, uh, batted the ball down 20 times, just made us look like the most inept team of all time. Then we had another one today, you know, and it's, it's hard to pin it on anybody except for Jim Bob Cooter, because we've seen Stafford work in a good offense. We've seen, you know, good Marvin Jones. We've seen good, uh, carry on Johnson, but they never seem to string it together for multiple games. And at this point, I don't know who else they would bring in 
I don't know who else would improve our attack, but something needs to happen. Yeah. Uh, I'd say uh, Blandino weighed in on... Um, this guy needs a... <laughs> and I'm going to find him and just give him a big fat... <laughs> That's right. So Blandino weighing in on uh, Jim Bob Cooter. Uh, we got a call coming in. Hey, caller, what's your name? What you, what you got going on here for us? Hey, Jeff from Grand Rapids. Hey, you know, I guess I'm getting a little bit at this point, well, no, I'm going to become an alcoholic with a bipolar nature of this team. <laughs> My liver is definitely their problem, not mine at this point. Did, did Jeff, did you know <laughs> that right. they had traded Golden Tate away? Uh, yeah, that's why I have polyps, Drink. Chris. Drink. Uh, but, <laughs> but, Good all right. You know, you know, okay, so basically, you know, we, we had defensive philosophy issues. We had offensive philosophy issues with Caldwell. And neither of them have seemed to be, you know, remedied at this point. And I guess the guild is coming off my Patricia Lilly just a titch mm. because what is he doing if he's not influencing the offensive and defensive play calling? And what happened to the master of adjustments stuff going on here? I just, I, I guess I don't quite understand why they seem so dramatically unprepared for every facet of the game more than they seem to be prepared for every facet of the game. It's really becoming tiresome. Yeah. All right. So this guy wants some intelligent football talk. I'm going to hand it off to Sandman, but only after <laughs> I make one point. Um, I, I'm going to go back to the, you know, other than the Delvin Cook run, the defense, they performed pretty well. And I think this year, this is one of those things we talked about in the show. And um, the the thing is that you see, the Lions are, are not a whole team, right? Um, our, our defense is, is quite a mess um, on, the, on one hand. So you've got a guy in Matt Patricia who's been doing what I believe is a pretty damn good job with the level of talent he has on the defense, and he's been focusing on that. I think on game day, he's allowing Jim Bob Cooter to run the show on offense, and I think this is that kind of give him enough rope thing after Matthew Stafford went to bat for Jim Bob and said, he's my guy. We need to work together. We need to get, you can't come in, especially with a franchise quarterback and say, piss off. I'm going to replace your coach immediately because you could, you could lose him. And, and we had just signed him the whole thing. It was, it was, um, it was not the time to, uh, to fire the guy that was his security blanket. Now we've got a year. He's had enough rope. Jim Bob Cooter is running the show over there. Um, I think you can look at it and say, Hey, Matthew, you can see this isn't our guy, right? And and move on from there. So that's my thinking. Sam, man, where, where are you at on it? You know, I, I completely agree with Jeff here that, you know, we were all sold on Patricia as a in-game manager who could make adjustments on the fly that, uh, you know, was one of the reasons why the Patriots would look bad early, but then all of a sudden would come back, you know, with a vengeance in the second half or even in the second quarter. Um, and we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it on either side of the ball, in my opinion. Um, you know, you can claim that the defense looked good today, and they they didn't look horrible, you know, other than that 70-yard run. But we have major, major deficiencies at multiple uh, locations on this team that uh, I don't know how you resolve those midseason. You know, you could say that, well, Slay looks better in his own coverage. Uh, Tabor obviously looks better in his own coverage. It's better on the bench. Uh, you know, in college, that was his thing. <laughs> you know, um, 
Nevin Lawson, who the hell knows what's going on with that. You know, so you could say, well, maybe we should play more zone or maybe we could do this. But at, you know, at the end of the day, um, I just think that this team is devoid of talent, even at places that we thought we had talent at the beginning of the year. So we thought we were going to be okay at safety. We had Wilson coming back. We had Glover Quinn. Glover Quinn hasn't looked very great this year. You can like, I don't know if I've ever seen a player's age come on so quickly, like Glover's. Yeah, but it's, you know, I think we're just devoid of talent and it's, it's really hard to know what's happening at this point, to be completely honest. It's, it's, you know, unless you're inside the room with the coaches and the players, and you know exactly what they're trying to do. Ah, it's it's a rough one. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got a call coming in from John. John, how you doing, man? Hey, it's John from North Carolina. How's it going, guys? Oh, you know it's 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 beautiful. <laughs> if, if you're not I, a Lions fan, <laughs> I mean, I haven't called you guys since like the Los Angeles game like three years ago. But uh, I got to call in today because this was probably like the most important game of the year. And we just didn't look very good, huh? No, no you're right. We <clears throat> got out everything. Yeah, and I was all set that, like, the offense is fine. We're going to have a great draft for defense this year, and the draft is stacked with defense. But look, like you said, outside of that 70-yard run, the defense did its job. They held them to, what, 17 points? They got mm-hmm. two turnovers. Um, defense was fine. Um, and the offense just was not. The offensive line was terrible. So... Up to this point, I was planning on us, you know, spending a bunch of good picks on defense and Patricia, you know, doing what he does with the defense. But at this point, I'm actually a little more worried about the offense. Is that crazy? I don't think it is, but I think the offense, a lot of the offensive issues can be, you got to get a TJ Lang replacement. But I think a lot of those issues can be fixed with a new offensive coordinator. Uh, I think that's really you got to you got to rescheme it. But then when you're pulling that, I you know this is the thing about it. You you you, you bring in a new offensive coordinator. You, you've got a year of getting up to up to speed on the scheme, right? You're giving away another year now of Stafford's career, but you can't keep giving them away to to fucking Jim Bob Cooter, right? It, it, it's and and who are you going to pick up? Who's available? I'm I'm not even I haven't put my my eyes out there yet but we got to see who's available for offensive coordinator because it's it's definitely gonna be maybe hugh jackson he's available (laughs) (laughs) cooter's been pretty hit or miss this year and this game almost felt like he had a plan he wanted to do that just didn't happen because the vikings defensive line just owned us like Mm -hmm. it almost was like most of the plays he wanted to dial up didn't even have a chance to happen yeah yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, there's one here. Um, Jamero came up with always remember the Jim Bob Cooter offense is the dumber version of the Joe Lombardi offense. It 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 sure feels like it. I mean, they came from different places, but it it feels like he took Joe's playbook and put some different crayon colors in there and called it a day because it's just just not quite. And it's 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 one of those things where I don't think we have the players to deliver on that scheme. I mean, that's really what it, what it comes down to. And on the defense, the adjustments we're seeing from likely Patricia is we're changing things to suit the players we have where it doesn't seem like we're doing that on offense. Um, well, I'm going to have to join Sandman with the bag on my head here after this one. But uh, <laughs> uh, I appreciate you guys keep up the great work, all right? All right, thanks a lot, Joe. I'm pretty sure this bag had jalapenos or something in it. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, it still smells better. Pain, yeah, this is less painful than the Lions lost. Still, still smells better than what they left on the field. <laughs> <laughs> it was John. I called him Joe. My bad. Sorry, John. Uh, all right. So, um, Mike, what you, you didn't get a chance to to respond. What do you think about uh, John's point? What regarding the uh, the future of JBC? <laughs> yeah, or or picking an offense. <laughs> You you had a particularly good point, Chris. In I was toying with this earlier on. So the amount of um, creator hate on Twitter at the moment is well, it's prolific, as you might expect, given what we've just seen. The I I, I honestly don't know who we could put in his place right now. And to do a would we be in a position to do such a thing mid-season? I mean, there, there, there's talk of this being essentially a write-off rebuild year now. I don't know how you guys see it, mm-hmm. but I'm on the fence currently. Yeah. Um, as in, do I think we have a chance of salvaging anything this season? Are we looking at a full rebuild for next year? I give it two more games and make a decision. Mm-hmm. But well, again, with the lack of consistency, you can't. You can't. I can't. I can't. It's it's impossible to know what we're going to see week to week. We'll see the Miami Dolphins and we'll see this or we'll see the Jets and then we'll see New England. You know, it's, yeah, I completely agree with you. We have zero consistency week to week. No, And and this is, this is the incredibly frustrating thing as from, from my perspective at the moment is that if I was going into every game thinking, okay, fair enough. I expect we're going to lose this one or expect we're going to win this one. If you had some basis to, to to manage your own expectations on, within reason with what you can expect from this team in its current state, that that's one thing. But to not have the faintest idea, literally, what's going to happen from one week to the next, when, well, we look at look at the track record we have so far this season. It, I'm finding it very hard work being a Lions fan this year. It's not like it's not like I'm just going to give up on them or, or back away. Um, but uh, it's just bloody hard work, yeah. really. You know, I, I, I will say that I've been a Lions season ticket member for seven years now, mm. and I've been a Lions fan for 25. And this is the hardest season for me to watch yet. I can and, tell. I can tell. And it, it's 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 weird because I look back at 0-16 and how I felt about it, and I look back at our 2-14 and season, and those just didn't feel as bad as this. And I don't know why they why they didn't feel this bad. Is it because uh, you could actually see them coming? Was, cause I, I yeah, and it's completely possible because when you brought that up, that was my thought was like, oh, we're playing this team. Yeah, we're probably going to lose. And then if they... Mm almost did it, you know, that we could, we could be excited about it or whatever, but this team Mm. is so up and down and there's, I don't know what to expect week to week anymore because it, you know, one week we look good. One week we don't one week. We look like we've practiced this week. Didn't look like we practiced at all. I think I tweeted about that. Hmm. This team is just so far over the place. I have no idea. I have no idea what to expect. It makes it incredibly hard to number one, watch these games and number two, go to these games and sit there. And, you know, it's 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 this yeah. is a rough season for sure. All right, hey, we got a caller. He's been waiting very very patiently. How you doing, caller? Hey, it's uh, Tony. Tony, thanks for waiting uh, patiently for us to kind of vent a little bit. What do you got for <laughs> us, man? 
first of all, I want to apologize. Last time I called in a few weeks ago, I uh, cut you off a bunch of times. I, I listened to the video and I heard myself cut you off a bunch of times. <laughs> didn't mean to do that. That's I, I kind of talked over you a little bit, so I'll try not to do that this time. <laughs> well, you know, um, we, 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 we have a saying here. So it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I just need a little advice. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Chicago. Mm-hmm. But I need to know what the strongest Chicago beer is because next week I'm going to the Lions Bears game and I think I'm going to need the strongest beer I can possibly find to get through that game. I might go with liquor. Today. I might go with liquor. I was going to say volume, volume over, you know, anything else. Yeah. Import like, your own uh, beer. Uh, bring uh, bring some, some maybe, Michigan's got great craft, craft beer. Just bring anything from maybe. Michigan. <laughs> Maybe some uh, maybe some tequila or something. Yeah. A bit of tequila Ooh, before yeah. I go in there, just get lost, numb the pain. Yeah. Um, boy, it's 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 tough, right? Because it's hard to get that stuff inside. Um, and it's always yeah, good liquor, absolutely. liquor, liquor before beer. You're in the clear, right? Beer before liquor, yeah. you get sicker. So uh, when you're pre gaming out there, I mean, I'm a big fan. It, it's a simple, it's a simple mix. It's a fifty fifty Jack and Coke mix, and uh, yeah. that, that, <laughs> in a tumbler, right? Yeah. This is my my gaming uh, tumbler from last night. <laughs> a couple of those, and you're you're in a good spot, and then you can go in, and it doesn't matter what freaking Chicago beer you're drinking at that point. You just uh, be safe because there are meatheads there. It's not as bad as going to Philly, but uh, those guys are they, they are uh, yeah. super meatheads well, so for sure. Yeah, I've been spit on there a couple yeah. times. So try to be be well, safe, number well, one. <laughs> well, I, you just said Philly. I'm actually this to be weird, but I'm actually a. Lions fan who lives. I live 15 minutes from the Eagle Stadium. I'm, I'm from New Jersey. Wow! So I, know well, about, I know all about. I know all about Philadelphia Eagles. I was there for the Snow Bowl a few years ago. I got snowballs thrown at me. I got choked out by some 60 year old man. You know what I mean? So yeah. This when they is... blocked the field goal, the 60 year old man started choking me behind me and shaking me. But anyway, see, uh, this is this is proof that on this show, diversity is our strength, man. You brought you brought so many yes. different places to one thing. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'll just say this. I don't want to hold up too much of your airtime or whatever. But um, the one guy on there said, uh, this is, for some reason, this is the hardest season. And I resonate with that a lot. I feel like this is the hardest season so far for me because I've been a Lions fan since about like the mid-90s, like fourth grade. I'm 31 now. But this is these last like two, three seasons. Like I finally have a career and I have money to go fly out the games and go to a lot of games. And I'm doing more Lions stuff. I go to training camp. I go to the games. I go... I know last year I went to New Orleans, this year I'm going to Chicago. I go to four games a year, and I, I have the NFL ticket at my house. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I can actually afford to follow them like I want to and to see them, you know, really be involved in it like I have been and for them to perform like they've been, man, it's just really hard. The up and down, to get your hopes up one week, and then they stomp on your neck. It's, it's really strong. hard to deal with, man. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. It is it's the hardest thing. I, I lived in SoCal for 12 years, and, and, and now – Moved uh, into Florida, and and I can't get enough. I was just, what was it? Last week, Sandman took me out for some fancy steaks. It was just awesome. <laughs> but it was it was so great. Every time I'm back in the city and and around the team and training camp and all that, it's it's just in your blood. You can't, you can't get it out. And um, I think that's the hardest part watching this team this time. Just just like you said, expectations coming into the season were high. A lot of people were mm-hmm. tempering. You know, seven and nine, eight and eight. This one stings. This mm-hmm. one stings really, really bad. And um, yes. a, a division loss like this, look, it's in Minnesota against a great defense. It was, yeah. was going to be a tough game to win. Yeah. And 
Riz was probably right calling it as a loss. Well, I guess actually he was right <laughs> calling it as a loss. Yeah. But um, it's it's I, I you know was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no. We still <laughs> we we've got the bulk of our division games left, and um, yeah. <laughs> this is the only way we're going to pull this season out is by winning the rest of these division division games. We got one over Green Bay. Uh, we lost to uh, these these Packerheads in Minnesota, but I think it's not like we yeah. can't pull this all back together. Yeah, so. right. All right, man. Thanks <laughs> yeah, for thank calling you for again, dude. Man. Appreciate yeah, it. Great you show. too. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Hey, really quick, I got to touch on something. You know, I'm gonna get a, a bumper sticker and I'm gonna put on here, and it's gonna say my other toasters in the bathtub because. <laughs> 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 it's toaster time, right? No, it's not, it's not time to push the, the button, but we're just warming the water, getting it ready, right? Um, you got to get your toaster. It prints Detroit Lions logo right there on your bread. You get all your other great stuff at Fanatics. But don't just go to Fanatics. Go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on that link, that shop link. It'll take you to Fanatics. It'll take you to Amazon. It'll take you to SeatGeek. Any one of those places can get you anything you need in your life to satisfy any of your needs. Who needs fresh vegetables if you don't have an Amazon fresh in your area? You can, you can get dehydrated vegetables. You get everything, and then have them deliver water, and you can rehydrate it in your kitchen. You'll be fine. It's like like camping and climbing mountains all the time. That's the kind of life you want to live. <laughs> anyway, go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on that shop link to get all your stuff. They give a kickback to the show. Uh, like he was just talking about, I'm trying to get my family to the old uh, Thanksgiving game here. And, uh, you know, those kickbacks help. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I want to lament in the pain with the rest of you folks. All right, so let's move on. Again, the phone number is 248-782-8384, 248-782-8384, or you can call us on uh, Detroit Lion Podcast, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, on the uh, Skype, and that'll come through. All right, uh, Mike, We let's talk about uh, special teams. We really started this game off with a beautiful kick from... Uh, Sam Martin off the tee wound up on his ass. <laughs> it's, ah, it's that where that came from. <laughs> I, I, okay, I saw the gif on Twitter for it. Uh, you may recall me saying that uh, certain aspects of my family life preclude me from catching the first few minutes of the game. Yes, <laughs> that yes. Was one of the bits I missed. Um, right, okay. That 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 explains a lot. So we started off as a start. So again, they, the team started off as they uh, meant to go on. That's nice to know, I guess. Right. Hold <laughs> on, we got a caller. I got to show the caller here. Yeah. <laughs> He's joining yeah. in club oh, right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey Joe, yeah. how you doing, man? <laughs> Looking good. Uh, uh, can you hear us, Joe? Or are you just? <laughs> It's a little like a like a Batman villain now. It's getting a little creepy. <laughs> oh man! All right, we're not getting any audio, Joe, but it's definitely worth. I'm gonna actually screen snap one of this. <laughs> I'm gonna keep that one for forever. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate the call, man. <laughs> All right, um, let's but, see. Uh, Go ahead. Oh, but you know, I was just gonna touch on special teams as well. You know, it, it's another one of those areas where. It's so up and down every week. You know, last year we had a fantastic special teams unit. And this year, you know, I think that they were talking about how we've had 13 special teams penalties, which is insane when you consider how many times we don't run the ball out of the end zone. Um, you know, it, it, it's another one of those oddities, right, where the only thing that changed was Patricia and all of a sudden we've gotten worse. 
I, you know, you can't blame Patricia for that, but at some point we need to start looking at how our roster is built and, and all that good stuff about what is actually happening to our special teams unit and why is it so bad? Even precluding Sam Martin's, uh, lack of having cleats on or whatever the hell happened with that. <laughs> he had slicks. Thought he was yeah. in a race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was just like you, you see that and you're like, I hope this doesn't establish the tenor for the game. And then it does, right? I mean it's just <laughs> it's like what the hell? Let's talk a little bit. Um we've got some uh controversy in the in the chat right now saying that fifty percent of the stack sacks or more were Stafford's fault. Um <laughs> What do you guys think? Now, you know, there's, there's, there's probably some element of truth to this. Like we said, we, we saw the pump and sack. <laughs> Sorry, that sounds funny. <laughs> now that I, I hear myself saying it. Uh, <laughs> We're back where we started now. Aren't we? Yeah, we really are. Ten, yeah, ten sacks from five dudes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he, you'd see him pump and then get sacked. I, um, a lot of times he was tripping over his own guys. Um, what, what do you think? How much, how much, how much, because you, you can't throw the ball away when you're in the pocket, right? That's a, that's a, that's a yeah. penalty. So, that, so that doesn't work. That's the number one thing that I took away from this was when I was rewatching some of them, um, you know, their, their defensive ends came in wide and then they were getting pressure right up the middle, right in TJ Lang's spot, uh, right on Graham Glasgow, where Stafford can't just throw it away. Uh, you know, throwing it into coverage is never a great thing. I think that's what happened versus the Jets. Yep. You know, just forcing balls. Um, you know, taking a sack is better than throwing an interception generally. Um, but it, it's it's going to be hard to, to say until the All-22 comes out and we can see what our wide receivers were doing. You know, there was a couple plays where, you know, like Kenny Galladay was wide open and Stafford missed him. But in reality, if Kenny Galladay on that play is his third option and he only has time to look at his first two, you know, even if Kenny Galladay is wide open, you can't really pin that on Stafford, but uh, you know, Stafford has these games every once in a while where you can tell that he kind of gets rattled. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I I was looking up the stat during the game because I was trying to figure out, you know, what the correlation between all this was and Stafford has been sacked between 2011 and now um, three times or more, 45 games, which is a lot, <laughs> which is a lot. And um, 26 out of those 45 games he's lost. So it's almost, you know, if you can sack Stafford three or more times, you've got a 60% chance of winning the football. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Stafford's not perfect. Uh, you know, I think we all know that. But They're the bullshit. Yeah, anytime you get sacked this much or have, like, even when he was getting rid of the ball, there was a couple times where he should have been sacked. I think this is a 15 sack game if he doesn't step up and and do some of those Stafford moves that we're used to. Yeah, it's just it's hard for me to pin it on anybody right now, but the all 22 will, will yeah. tell us the truth. Help us out when you look at that and uh take a look at the red zone in particular because there was those two drives when we got down to the red zone. Stupid penalties both times, mm-hmm. but um that that's a whole different ball game if we score in those and those two we we walk down the field both times right and mm-hmm. you score those two times it's a whole different ball of wax mm-hmm. uh it's a, it the game the the confidence the way we play the way they play is completely different i think those are the, really the two biggest keys in the game the inability to score when we had them on the ropes in the red zone and and, and shooting our freaking selves in the foot there is just it's just yep. too much absolutely the the one thing I would say 
as regards Stafford's performance, <clears throat> yeah, he was under a lot of pressure, but we also saw something that I've always quite admired about Stafford was that his mobility is still there. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are saying Stafford's game has gone off and I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, but the fact that he was, uh, in terms of uh, rushing yards, our second highest rusher, mm-hmm. says an awful lot about the way the offense performed as a whole today, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I got on Johnson in my keeper league, but I got to quit playing him this year. Hey, we got a caller. <laughs> uh, what's your name, caller? Hi, guys. It's Ted again from second straight week. Hey, Ted. How hey, you Ted. doing, man? Well, I could be better. Um, and first off, I'm going to be negative this time. All right. It's okay. It's okay. It's, it's, it's a good week to be negative. There's a lot to be negative mm-hmm. about. <laughs> first of all, are you guys worried about the offensive line? Like, how many resources have we put into the line? We've got two number ones. We've got number three. You know, two I, high, I, high-priced free agents, and we've got uh, nothing happening. This is the second week in a row. been dominated. Staff is being sacked left and right. We can't run the ball. Mm-hmm. And we got a new O line coach, and this is fucking ridiculous, man. Yeah. And well, I, I'm gonna. I'm sorry, I always do this jump in first thing, but um, <laughs> <laughs> TJ Lang is is a linchpin of the problem with this line right now. The fact that he's on a snap, snap count might have had another concussion. He just didn't live up to what he was supposed to be. You can't predict that, right? You, you just can't predict what the ch- what change we got when we picked him up. That one really sucks. Um, the other guys. Pardon me. Decker has been shit too. He, he, the he, last two years, he hasn't been good. He's been up and down. He's had some really good games, and he's he's really displayed his ass a couple of times too. It's uh, he's he's almost the personality of the team right now, right? You don't know which Decker you're going to get from week to week. Yeah. Sam, man, what do you think? Yeah, you know, and I was thinking about that when Mike was talking earlier about how you know coming into this year, we all thought that. You know, from this point onward, we're going to be spending some high draft picks on defense because that was our obvious clearing holes, right? We needed lots of stuff on defense. And the defense, you know, for all of its shortcomings in the run game and stuff, hasn't looked as horrible as maybe we thought it would. But the scary thing about transferring that back, well, maybe we need to spend it on offense, is where do we spend it on offense? On spots that we've already spent high draft picks? I don't want to do that. I don't want to draft two first round guards. I don't even want to draft a guard in the first three rounds. No. Uh, you know, but we're at the point now where, you know, Decker hasn't looked super awesome. I think he's serviceable. I don't think we need to do anything at his position, but we definitely need to replace Lang. Now we need to find a slot receiver. We don't have one of those now. Um, you know, and it's it's hard to hard to be happy with spending all those high picks when this is the kind of outcome we get. And so I'm with you. I'm with you. This is a, uh, it's, it's rough to watch when you think about the dollar signs and stuff that our line is going to command in two, three years. Yep. I'm sorry. I'm having a brain fart here. What's the right tackles name again? Rick Wagner. Hmm. Wagner, right. He hasn't been good either. And they got a couple of good running backs who are supposedly good. You know, TJ or, Johnson's been kind of crappy the last couple of days. I guess you can't fault him because of the old line. There's been no holes. And Blount's been a he, complete bust. Come on, you have to admit that. A total bust. Yeah. Every time Blount's in and, the game, I, I, I wince a little because I don't, you know, nothing, nothing good's going to happen. It'll be a wasted play, in my opinion. 
Oh, until you try the flea flicker. Then, oh, then <laughs> you've really wasted a play. Blunt to me is very one-dimensional. He's he's a he's a short yardage bat, and that's that that's that's about what he's good at. Well, and this is Joe Lombardi to a T. You put Blunt in, you know exactly what you're going to get if you're the defense. You mm-hmm. know exactly yep. what you're facing. It's like how they, he used to use Riddick. You knew exactly mm-hmm. what was happening when he was in the backfield. And it's just it's this predictability that, that is mm-hmm. making our offense way too easy to destroy. And um, this the, the offense is what we're relying on. I think we're squandering a lot of really good talent because of our, our offensive coordinator. I think that's really the problem on offense more than individual players. Again, TJ Lang is an issue. Rick Wagner, he's he's not been spectacular. But then again, he hasn't had the guy next to him that he's been practicing with and expected to be next to him mm-hmm. to, to communicate with either. That that drags everybody down when, when mm-hmm. you don't have that, that guy that you're used to that in your unit next to you. Um, I, 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 and I just, you add this shitty play calling, this, this cooter play calling is yeah. just ass. And um, how, about, how about in the red zone, Chris, sorry to interrupt you, but in the red zone, the first, you know, the first quarter, we had a couple of opportunities in the red zone and there's no creativity whatsoever in the red zone. Nothing. There's nothing going on. Yep. There's, there's no plan. There's nobody getting open. It, it's this, it's been that way for two years. And we had a really good. Uh, and I, I missed who it was in the in the uh, on the chat, but he said, even with Golden Tate drink, we were shit in the red zone. <laughs> <laughs> what are you yeah. drinking there, Mike? There's a question in the chat. What do you got going on? What do you? This is one of my favorite beers. It's a uh, Doom Bar. Doom Bar. What is Doom Bar. Yeah, it's uh, brewed down in Cornwall. Huh. Uh, Southwest England. Maybe with a range <laughs> of care package. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll see what I can do. All right. All right. Hey, Ben, thanks a lot for calling in. Appreciate you, man. Uh, let's see. 248-782-8384 is the phone number. 248-782-8384 or on the Skype Detroit Lions podcast. All one word. Um, what are we going to Okay. So I, I could go on this golden. There's two things, right? The graphic, first of all, was was traumatic for me about Tampa Bay having won the division since 1993 and not us. I mean, it really did hurt. I mean that that cut me right to the bone. But um, there was that narrative, and they talked about it four or five times. And then, of course, the of course the Golden Tate narrative that came up, and they talked about that uh, far, far too many times. And it's like, why is it every? I mean, I get. You've got to earn respect as a team, but why is it that there's only two narratives and they just harp on those things and 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 are so shitty about this team? It's it's really hard to watch that. And then uh, Spielman, who I've I've loved most of the time in the booth, um, <laughs> alternating between great analysis and and showing the long term effects of, of head injuries, <laughs> it, was, it was like what the hell? I, he was just as schizophrenic as the rest of the team was in the field. I didn't know what the hell I was seeing there. All right, caller. How you doing, man? What's your name? Mike. Hey, Mike. See, I, I got to... in uh, Texas these days. All right. <laughs> I can always call him man because the ladies don't call in. They're 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 a little too afraid of us. <laughs> yeah. What do you My got? My question like? is: uh, Is do you guys think that there is anybody out there at the moment that can replace Jim Bob Cooter, or if this is in fact his final week? <laughs> You know, Sam, man, I'll let you run first. Uh, you know, at this point, I don't think that there's anybody to bring in. You know, and, and it's it's hard to say because Jim Bob was kept on fairly early in the process. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Right. I think Patricia looked at the body of work and thought, this is doable. Stafford likes him. We can work with this. So I don't know if, if Patricia even had a guy in mind per se uh, that he could even try to figure out. You know, we have a couple guys on staff currently that uh, have some experience with that, but we're far too long in the season to even think about changing the playbook at all. You know, if anything, we could maybe update uh, the play calling, maybe fix some of that. But at right. the same time, you know, I think that would probably be the easiest thing to do would be to take play calling away from Jim Bob. Don't fire him, keep him on staff, uh, but maybe give it to, you know, the running backs coach or whoever <laughs> that, that you think. Can I mean, do especially, especially in the red zone. I mean, it's like every week, even since week one, we've just struggled constantly in the red zone. You can almost call the plays from your couch that they're going to run. And yeah. it's like, nothing is changing every week. It's, it's, Pretty terrible right now, man. I, I've been a Lions fan my whole life, so yeah, you know, I'm used to it. But it's getting old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely getting old. I got a good uh, Ashawn uh, quote from you. Uh, Dave Burkett just tweeted it out. Um, he was asked about the 70 yard run by Dalvin Cook. His response was, <laughs> "Sorry, I gotta get my face on here. <laughs> Does it look like I talk to y'all? No." Get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I got to take it easy. I'm going to go take some more shots and try to get over this loss. <laughs> All right, brother. Have good a good luck, one. Brother. Thanks We're for calling. Thank you, All right, you guys have a good one. Cheers, bud. I oh, think can I, can I, I've, got, I've got something that I want to add into the mix here as regards Jim Bob Kutcher, if I may, guys. Sure, sure. Um, and this is a, really a question, an open question to you guys. What is the likelihood that you could do more harm than good by cutting an established uh, member of the coaching squad like him right now. Granted, he's not performing how he wanted to perform, but he's established. He's got a rapport with the players. Stafford in the past has vouched for him and wanted him there. There's uh, my, my greatest question is this is last week in, in Detroit. I don't think it is. I don't think it can be because we don't have anyone to replace him with. But would we be putting uh, ourselves in a worse position or jeopardizing potentially the rest of this season by cutting him now? I think it all comes down to who you believe in situations like this. You know, you know, you talk to Dan Orlowski or other guys and they say, well, these guys are professionals. They're there to do their job, no matter who's coaching or what's happening. Mm -hmm. They're there to do their work. So if you believe that, I think, they could do whatever they want. I'm of the mind that says they've already changed a lot. You know, they traded a, you know, he wasn't a team captain, but he was a big part of the team in golden Tate. Yep. Um, you know, they've already done some other stuff that seems a little wonky, you know, when they brought in Patricia and then he was changing snap counts on players, some players that used to get time aren't getting time anymore. You know, I think that it is possible to put a, bad juju on um, a locker room. And part of me says, for that reason, you can't fire Jim Bob straight up like mm. that. You know, when they fired Lombardi, it was his first year with the team. Nobody really had a super rapport with him. I think the players had already lost respect for the guy. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe the players have started losing respect for Cooter. Who knows? But I think whatever it, it is, I'm, I agree with you that I don't think that he can go anywhere this year. I think it'll be an end of year discussion. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think you're right. Insofar as if they have started to lose respect for him, it's got, to, uh, my gut says it's got to be in the early stages and, and to, 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 to make it uh, as big a change as that 
at this stage wouldn't necessarily be for the overall benefit of the team for the rest of this season. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you straight up. Over the halfway mark now. The the bottom line is, you fire Jim Bob Cooter, you're still stuck with this playbook for the year. You're not you're not going to mm-hmm. install a completely new offensive system in in the oh. midst of the season. No, by week even, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. And you just got to ride this out. And like I said before, this is the giving them enough rope thing so that at the end of the season, when um, Matt Patricia says, "Hey, Matthew, it's obviously not working. He's he's not necessarily what we thought he was, or he's not doing what we need." Uh, you gave him the shot, and and Stafford got what he wanted. So he he's got to be part of the team at that point, and 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 make that move, and and that's mm-hmm. the end of the story on that. So I I think Cooter stays for the end of the year unless there is an absolute cancer breakout in the locker room, or mm-hmm. you know he winds up climbing through the window in his underwear into some woman's bed or something. <laughs> Not that that would happen, but if something you know it, it would take something like that. <laughs> Sorry. It would take something like that in order to uh, to really uh, get rid of him, unfortunately. And that's the thing about football that makes it so difficult, man. You spend all that time in the offseason because it is a long-ass grind to put together a team and, and, and a scheme and everything else. And then you have 16 games to run it. And you can only adjust so much. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's that's the hardest part when you look at a team like this. And you don't know, it's Jekyll and Hyde. You don't know what you're going to get. You don't know how great they're going to be or how bad they're going to be. But you you know what you have. <laughs> and that's what you have for this year. There's there's mm-hmm. only so much tweaking you can do. I think we put, you know, snacks look great out there this year. I think that was a great addition. Mm-hmm. And I think that helped a lot. Um, yeah. I think that's going to help big time against Chicago. Again, that's why I'm, I, I maybe I'm a fool. I've, I've been called worse. <laughs> But I'm not worried about the Chicago game. I think that's a game that uh, we're gonna we're gonna take them both games this year. So we'll see. I don't know, man. You can't get rid of Cooter though. You just can't. It's just not gonna be unless he absolutely fire, lights a fire on the place. All right, uh, let's move on. Um, question from the back of my head for uh, Sandman. Um, Oh, I can't think of his name. The guy, he, he, Joe, 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 the dancer with Rocco or Rocchio, the dog in the volleyball twisted ankle. Oh, Joe Fourier. Uh, Fourier. Joe Fourier. Fourier. Is, is yeah. he the red zone solution we need? <laughs> we have zero red zone solutions. No, I think, you know, just looking at the play calling, it's hard to say. You know, we've got Kenny Galladay who can jump. Uh, so we have a jump ball guy, theoretically. Marvin Jones has proven that he can catch an end zone fade. I think realistically what it comes down to is that teams are learning that they can just stack the box against us um, and not have to worry about the run very much at all uh, because our wide receivers have struggles separating. And we, we, you know, we've talked about this yeah. at nauseum last year. We talked about it the year before that, that Marvin Jones really just doesn't get a lot of separation. All of his balls that he catches are, he's got a guy in his hip pocket. Um, It just isn't what he does. And the issue I think is that, especially now that Golden Tate is gone, we don't have any guys that fly open. Mm -hmm. Stafford doesn't have a, oh shit, about to get sacked. I know where I need to look because that guy's probably open, even if he's not my first read. We don't have one of those anymore. And I think even Dan Orlovsky tweeted about that he did that, uh, you know, golden Tate was constantly open, you know, and, and if, if Stafford had to get a quick out, he was there to do that. You know, and people will say, Oh, well, we've got Theo Riddick, but Theo Riddick's not a wide receiver and he doesn't, 
you know, all of his yards and all of his great plays come against linebackers and they come against, you know, defensive linemen. And, you know, it's not, not the same thing that Tate did. Um, so for that reason alone, I think that teams know that they can man us or play tight zone in the red zone because they don't necessarily have to worry about our wide receivers beating them straight up. It will have to be a mistake on their part. Um, and you know, it's the same thing that happened a couple of years ago when we were really struggling in, in the red zone. It's the exact same problem. I just don't think that we have the players to provide us with a good red zone offense currently, you know, it's, it's just kind of is what it is. And it kind of stinks because those wide receivers are going to be here for a while. Yeah. You know, I, I will say, I think it's, it's 60% scheme, 40% players. Um, because we just, we continue to run crappy plays all the time. Um, but you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. Marvin Jones is not good at getting separation, but he's great at getting contested balls. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny Galladay is, is got a wingspan, like a pterodactyl, right? <laughs> he can catch if it's, a, if it's within that 40 foot <laughs> circle around his body, he's going to catch it. Right. I mean, it's just, it's just the way he is. Um, but the separation thing is a real problem, especially with Marvin. And, and you need that in the red zone because you don't have as much space to work with and you can't just mm-hmm. outrun somebody. So, um, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. We see that, uh, Seth ordered a uh, doom bar. Uh, you've inspired some sales. You should see if you get some sponsorship nice. there, Mike. Nice. He got himself nice. a mini keg, which has now inspired me to go look for one. As soon as we're done with this. <laughs> also, I want to mention, um, we did all our ads early, uh, but I'm just going to punch real quick. Down in the uh, in the uh, show notes down there underneath in the, the description, there's a couple links You know, to your Amazon. Uh, we actually have now merchandise for the Detroit Lions podcast. There's some t-shirts, some mugs, an iPhone case. The mug is pretty cool because it's not one of those cheap sons of bitches. It's just got the, the logo on one side. Oh, no, no. We got it on both sides, baby. We, we got you covered. And it's a 15-ounce mug. It's 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 thick. It's 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 super thick. Oh, my God. It, it is Sir Mix-a-Lot booty thick. That's right. <laughs> also, if you want to join Patreon or directly donate or send my family to the Thanksgiving game, I have to buy those damn tickets, and there's six of us. You want to know how much money that shit is? It's fucking insane. That's all I'm going to say. Leave it. So there you go. Down in the uh, in the description, there's some links if you want to help the show out, help us help us survive, help us eat, get those dehydrated fruits from Amazon, whatever else. All right. Keep Chris's uh, electricity on so we can put the toaster in the bathtub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good. One. I'm running off a generator right now. <laughs> um, Spielman kept calling Riddick our new Golden Tate. Um, I I think he might you know uh, Sky. Psych crisis. I can't say his name. I'm terrible. Um, I think he's he. Andy and I both think that Spielman's onto something with this one. This is uh, the obvious change. Riddick is now our slot receiver, going to take over and probably excel and exceed what Golden Tate could ever do. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> don't at, don't at me. <laughs> you know, I, I was starting to lose my mind with uh, Spielman, uh, just constantly bringing up how Riddick was going to be the new Golden Tate. You know, if you want to state that Riddick is trying to do the plays that Golden Tate usually did in our playbook, yeah. But Golden Tate's not replaceable by anybody. I mean, there's a reason he was the number one yard after the catch king Mm -hmm. for the whole time he was with us. You know, that's not replaceable, regardless of what Patricia or anybody says, you know, he's going to be, his, his, his absence will be felt. Yes. Um, 
we were asked, um, Seth, who bought the, the Doom Bar, um, he asked for a conversion of pounds to dollars. He spent 24 pounds on his Doom Bar mini keg. It's 31.26 for you there, Seth. I got you covered, buddy. There's no uh, currency arbitrage to be had. <laughs> yeah, I have one of those five, I think it's a five liter mini keg. I've got one of those in, in, in uh, the kitchen at the minute as well. Nice. But my brother came up to the weekend and I have a whole bunch of these nice, these 330 mil tins. No, more than that. Pint tins or something. It's lovely stuff. Highly recommended. What? Give us, give us, uh, we'll talk about beer afterwards. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you start talking beer, next thing you know, you're doing wrestling and then it's all downhill from there. So. Uh, yeah, we don't need any. <laughs> all right. Um, let's start uh, ramping it up. We've got uh, we've got our time in. We, we, we did our therapy session. We, we see the, there's a lot of warts. Um, and next week we're going to come out, we're going to play in Chicago and we're going to decimate the shit out of that team. And we're going to be sitting here with these confused, dumb looks on our faces, even more confused and dumber. I mean, you see the one that Sandman's got right now. It could be, (laughs) I'll I'll have, uh, I'll have surprised eyebrows on. (laughs) (laughs) So the the theme right now is we're going to keep adding paper bags to hosts until we get a win and then we'll take them away. If we don't get a win, they're going to turn into plastic bags as Sandman referred to earlier. So, <laughs> Plastic could, bags and small rubber bands. Yes, yes. Lorenzo, don't kick your dog. Kick the neighbor's dog. You don't like the neighbors anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last chance for calls 248-782-8384, or on the uh, Skype. You can use uh, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. All right. Um, Sam, man, I'm going to let you kind of break down your final closing thoughts for, for the week until you'll be back next week. It's an away game. You're not going to be burning those. Maybe you will burn those season tickets. We'll talk about that later. Uh, I'll set the bag on fire while it's on my head while I'm wearing it. In Ford Field. Yeah. And you know what they would do? They would just stomp it out. (laughs) Did we resign Sue? (laughs) He's the fire marshal at Ford Field. Stomping fires out left and right. No, you know, this game just felt like all of our losses. I don't feel like we've had a loss this year that I thought, well, we were close or it was a one play or whatever difference away, you know, Dallas, it's uh, maybe, maybe Dallas, maybe Dallas, but even then, you know, we were close. And, and when you look at the score of this game, even um, the score doesn't really indicate the thrashing that I feel like we received. Um, and so mm. I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, we'll tighten the ship up that, uh, Patricia will figure this out that the offense will get figured out because they have to do something about the offense at this point. Yeah. If, if they trot Jim Bob Cooter out as our play caller the rest of the year, I think that's kind of telling. I think it kind of falls in line with the golden Tate trade where they said, Oh, well, we still think we can win. It's just without golden Tate, we got value. And I do agree that they got value for golden Tate. but to that's me, this value. team looks like it's in rebuild mode right now and i know mike talked about a little bit earlier but to me this looks like a team that is rebuilding for next year starting now and so i'm I'm hopeful that uh maybe that's not the case or if they do go rebuild i need to see more signs that they are legitimately going rebuild and not just playing bad football it is definitely a look at next year i mean people say oh well we've got a third compensatory pick for tate anyway that's that's not next year that's the year after if and we, it's not guaranteed even. Yeah, yeah, Tate could get injured and then we get nothing. Right, right. And I, I, I 
Riz first brought it up, and I've seen more and more kind of swirl around this, where the possibility of Tate coming back and getting signed next year. Can you imagine all of a sudden, you know, all these people talking shit about Quinn and everything else? Holy cow. We got a third round pick. We didn't have Tate for a little bit. We got a new offensive coordinator. Tate's back. Things look pretty good at that point. Um, <laughs> it, it looks pretty strategic. <laughs> <All right. laughs> we'll see. We'll see if it comes together mm-hmm. like that. I mean, I do trust in Quinn. I think he's made some very, very smart moves. This one's tough. This one's a tough one to eat right now. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Got to take the long view, especially with this team. Mm-hmm. If you take the short view, your wrists have been open in the, in the bathtub with your toaster a long time ago. <laughs> Mike, any final thoughts on the game? Little I can add to what Sam has just said, to be fair. Um, I could open a whole other can of worms and say, well, how long have we been taking a long view for? <laughs> well, that's, that's why it's a long view. <laughs> <laughs> Feel, feel, feels like that long view that horizon gets further and further but <laughs> no, it, it, I, the yeah the summer made a really good point the scoreline doesn't reflect how that game felt I 100% agree with that doesn't yeah. uh, it, it felt if it, it was it was hard to watch hard to watch that one um this is this is absolutely true and I'm sorry Mike to, to interrupt but this is something this is the the feeling of dashed expectations like uh Samman said all the years he's been watching this one is one of the hardest, even more than the two and fourteen and the zero and sixteen in its own way, because you expected losses. This is a this is a game where you expect it, or a team where you expect competitive games, and we're not seeing that, and you're not feeling mm-hmm. it, and the and, and it's like you you've you know the stupid phrase someone moved your cheese right, someone took your shit and hit it on you, and it's not it's not okay. That's why it's so hard to watch, right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And then to see the wild inconsistency, the fact that the teams we beat are teams that, based on everything else we've seen, we should mm-hmm. never have beaten, but we soundly beat those teams. It's it's like, it's absolutely maddening. It's it's like feeling and, and like you're getting gaslit. This is why I can't decide if we're going into a rebuild mode right now. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing to support one side or the other of that, that statement, you know? It's, uh, it's, 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 like you say, Chris, maddening, incredibly frustrating. The inconsistency is something that I would love to see a thing of the past. But onwards and upwards, Chicago next week. I like your optimism. I I honestly believe we're (laughs) going to win. I'm going to put it down right here. And you guys will see me next week, and you can ridicule me at will if uh, if they don't show up. But I I really do believe that next week is, is a win for us. I sincerely hope you're right, my friend. Oh, I am. I am. <laughs> All right. With that, we're going to call it a show. Thank you. Remember, we're looking for your involvement. Leave us your comments in the subreddit. And uh, while you're done, when you're done with that, go give us a five star review in the iTunes and everywhere else. Also, don't forget about us on Patreon because we're helping you when you join us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Join us. Get access to the Slack. Get access to the pre-show show videos that we're doing now. Some uh, some fun stuff going on there. Also on Facebook. Where else would you want to see these beautiful mugs? Sandman in particular today. Uh, Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions Podcast. He's uh, Earth Fair. Uh, healthy food for everyone. Standing on its head. I don't know if that's like anti-health food or what. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions Podcast. And on the Twitter machine at D-E-T Lions Podcast. D-E-T Lions Podcast. It's the very best place to see people with a bag on their head and... Sandman. With no pants on. No pants on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for-
wait for the memes to come out. Where are the memes at? <laughs> Sand memes. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're coming. Uh, give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. And lastly, be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast, and we'll come in your little box automatically. And that's all at the same time. Thank you for tuning in. And we're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. It's your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down. And look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag. Start the plane. This show is over. Hey, Dean Blandino here. And I can tell you unequivocally... That call was 100% wrong. We lose every way. We lose every way. You're nothing special. We lose every way. We lose every way.